Today's episode of the Mets Up Podcast is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. First off, that's huge. And that's what we use here on the Mets Up Podcast. I highly suggest it. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other streaming services. And you're allowed to make money from your podcast from day one with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So make sure you guys download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Wow, 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 wow. Episode number 11 is going to be Electric City because the Mets just went into Philadelphia and we won games and we started to look a little bit more like the Mets. Some good ways. Yeah, won the series. We look like the old Mets some ways. You know, at the plate, we also look like the old Mets some ways on the mound as well. If I can bring back a quote from you from episode 10, you said, let's just win two out of three. I don't care how. And that's exactly what happened. That is literally exactly what happened. We won two out of three. And I'm ecstatic because, I mean, like, there's so much to talk about this series between game one, the Alvarado shenanigans, game two, Donnie Stevenson. Who is Donnie Stevenson? We're going to go deep dive into the mystery that is the new hire of Donnie Stevenson that Pete Alonso talked about. And then game three, I mean, oh, my God, we this is literally five, six minutes after the game has ended. Me and James are on here talking about this. This Game three was insane. Game three was insane any way you slice it. So we're going to go over all the games in depth. As you guys know, we always do here on the Mets Up podcast. You know where to listen to us. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as make sure you follow us on all our social media. Mets Up. There won't be a YouTube episode this week as well. I'm currently in Texas, and I'm just not able to really edit the video side here. So you're only going to get an audio side. But hey, we still do some good work over here. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching when we do have the YouTube videos. We got James here as well with us. Cheater had no range. Me, Giraffe Neck Mark. James, let's just let's just talk about game three right now because that's what's hot on the mind. For sure. Insane. Yeah. Insanity. I'm sweating. <laughs> I felt <laughs> I had a roller coaster of emotion. So I was in the car for about the first six innings. I came back and the first play I see is Miguel Castro making an error with Bryce Harper. And then since then the game has been seriously like a fever dream. Dude, I just want to get out of the way that I jinx the shit out of the Mets relievers this series. Me talking about how great they were, that no one had given up a home run, and bang. Only one home run today, almost two home runs. Miguel Castro gave up that home run, made me look like shit. And Edwin Diaz did not give up a home run. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, like, he, he did, but hey, in the stat book, he did not. Because for those of you, if you haven't watched the game, seriously, like, stop. Go see what happened in the ninth mm-hmm. inning because we're not going to be able to explain it probably that well because what happened is something I've really oh, never seen happen. I, I can give it a shot. I'll try to explain okay. this. All right, all right. James is going to give it a shot. Let's see. Come <laughs> hey, back. Come back. Right. Don't press pause. <laughs> yeah, no pause. Stay with us here for a second. Edmund Diaz did what Edmund Diaz does in non-safe situations and looked like shit. He came out. He couldn't throw strikes at the bottom of the order. Yada, yada, yada. Reese Hoskins comes up as a tying run, bottom of the ninth, and he hits a piss missile to right, f- to right field. As Reese Hoskins does. As Reese Hoskins does against the Mets continuously and just clanked off what looked like the front stands and bounced back into the ballpark, and it was just absolute depression. The Mets had blown a four-run lead in ninth inning after a furious comeback, and upon further review, a much closer look revealed that the ball actually hit the top of the railing that sits over the right field fence in Citizens Bank Park, careening back into the field, meaning it was not a home run, rule to ground, rule double, bring everyone back out, and F- Jerry's familiar, your boy, closes the door on Bryce Harper. 
which, by the way, we also need to talk about how Edwin Diaz left the game because of an injury. That's true. Totally forgot about that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Which I think got, I, which oh, I think got glossed over by Big everyone. Glossed over. I don't even think Vaskersian and A-Rod, which, by the way, oh my God, the Sunday Night Baseball crew is horrible. We'll get into the trashing of them soon because they deserve to be trashed. They're horrendous. But Edwin Diaz left that game after he gave up the alleged home run to Reese Hoskins. Trainer came out. He came off the field immediately. immediately. He went right down into the dugout, went right into the tunnel. We don't know what's going on with Edwin Diaz health-wise. Of course, we want the best because this guy has been lights out this year. This has really been the first time he's shown any signs of the old Edwin with the New York Mets. And it just, like you said, in, in non-save situations, he can't come into the game. He just can't do it. No, he can't do it. And it's it's just what comes down with Edwin over and over again. Strikes, he got their strikes, he got their strikes, he got their strikes. Came in, he wasn't throwing strikes. He just seems less amped up when the game is not in a safe situation. These This stupid rule that you get a stat when your team is up by three runs or less, for some reason, has all of the impact on Edwin Diaz's mental capacity in these games. But past that, the Mets had a great rally to come back in this yes. game. Let's talk about there was, some of the positives from tonight. Which, it couldn't have came against a better guy in Jose Alvarado, mm-hmm. that fuck. Yeah. Fuck you, Jose Alvarado. That's I say that with a passion. Fuck. I normally love the passion and everything, and I love being like, you know, rah-rah, bat flip, you know, talking shit. But he, like, he went crazy, so it was great to see that he just completely fell apart this game. And he looked like the Jose Alvarado that you've seen in the past with the Tampa Bay Rays, a guy who couldn't fr- throw strikes, find the strikes on at all, and then would give, give up a hit, and that would break everything open, which is exactly what happened. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. It was it was fun to win the game, first of all, but it was definitely fun to beat him. After the game, Pete immediately came on with the ESPN guys. Steve Levy was asking him just some horribly awkward questions. Awful. <laughs> he asked him, how are you being a good teammate of Francisco Lador amid his struggles? And then he was like, how are you feeling about beating Francisco uh, Jose Alvarado? And Pete was like, we beat the Phillies. It's fine. And he goes, Steve was like, doesn't feel good again. It was against Alvarado. And he's like, we beat a good team. Like, with his eyes, he's saying, stop asking me these questions. Yeah, and that's, like, the right answer from Pete, too, because really, like, I mean, we all know, like, Alvarado came into the game, and they were probably salivating a little bit, like, we gotta get this guy. Here's our guy, regardless of we have to win this game anyway, but we have a chance to do it against this rat fuck who was talking shit the other <laughs> night. I'm going in on Jose Alvarado. I might be a nice guy, who knows, but this rat <laughs> Doesn't fuck. Doesn't seem like he's that nice of a guy. <laughs> seems like he's an asshole. Seems like he's, seems like he's quite a dick, but it would... It's the right answer. It's the political answer, but we also all know that there was a little chip on their shoulder seeing Jose Alvarado. Definitely, in that game. and this whole thing ties back to the series, the doubleheader you were at the Tuesday. That was Tuesday, right? Whatever it was, a couple weeks ago when Jose Alvarado yeah. was pitching against the Mets in City, and he threw at Conforto twice, and him and Dom were chirping at each other from field to dugout, which you don't see that very often from two guys who I don't think have ever faced each other before. But no, <laughs> for not. some reason, they both got into each other's skin. Maybe they kind of look alike. They kind of get after each other. I don't know why. But there was just big issue with those two guys. And it really bubbled over the other night. Yeah, it bubbled over from game one, which, like, I guess we could just talk about it briefly since it's on topic here. But Dom Smith came up in, what, the eighth with a big chance to tie yeah, the game eight, or seven, put the Mets ten, ahead. Something like that. And he, I think he just he got out. Whatever it was, he got out. And Jose Alvarado was pumped. He gave the, like, fuck yeah, let's go, like, scream. But then he started running at Dom and saying, like, come get me, bitch. And it was like, what? Like, why are you trying to fight? Get off the field. You won. There's nothing else to do. Like, he took it to the next level. I'm all for being excited and pumped about the the outcome that you just got. But he, like, started taunting, which is, like, where it starts to get weird. I've rarely ever seen a a mid-inning fight in baseball. No. Like, there was no play ongoing. Like, the inning was completely over. He had just struck him out. I don't know why he was trying to get after each other. Ron Darling had a sick quote during the fight. Did you hear what he said? 
I didn't because I only saw highlights of the but, game. So Ron Darling, member of the 86 Mets, who had their fair share of brouhaha's during that season, he, he said in the booth, if they invited you, you got to go get them. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. That reminds me of a little bit of the, like the Syndergaard. Like, I'm 60 feet, 6 inches away. Come get me. Uh, like, that's exactly what that's you, like. He, he is right, though, Ron. Like, you got to go get them. 86 Mets would have shellacked them up, would have fucked those guys up. There would have been fists flying. And I wish that there were a little bit. This is a thing I've been talking about. Remember, I want a little bit of asshole in us. It seemed like Jose Alvarado woke up a sleeping bear, which is why why would you want to do this to the Mets? This was a Mets team that was ready to like kind of roll over a little bit. They've been playing bad baseball and they were down in the dumps. But seemingly since that, you know, spark or moment of awakening for the New York Mets from Jose Alvarado. <laughs> Poke the bear. They have gone back to the offensive team that we know they were going to be all year. Dude, it's a combination of two things. Two Mets team MVPs that came through in this series. One was Jose Alvarado, and number two is Diesel Donnie Stevenson. Gotta love Those Donnie are our Stevenson. guys. This is, Dude, my brain is all over the place right now after this game. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> gonna, it's a good thing that there's no video portion of this because you know how I normally put like the, the little context of like what we're talking about down below We're not us. talking about anything. <laughs> It would be all over the place today because we're just going to hop around from all three games. We're just talking about the series. Fun series. Because there's, there's so many storylines. We Every time we've played the Phillies this season, it's been chaos. Which I kind of love because I feel like the Mets, since like the Nationals thing in like 2015, 2016-ish, like have been lacking like that like rival that yeah. the players and everyone just hates. And yeah, it feels like the sure. Phillies are now, the Phillies and the Mets, like this is the, the rivalry mm-hmm. in the division right now. Every single game has been a one-run game. It's nuts. It's like... I don't know. I just feel like I love a roller coaster. I really can't gather my thoughts right now. Even the win probability chart tonight looked like a roller coaster during the game. Like it went, it went all the way up and then <laughs> and it dropped down, and then back up yeah. and then poop, 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 poop at the end. <laughs> like I literally okay. So then Familia came in at the end and that like one two pitch to Bryce Harper that was on the corner oh, that was a strike, was but irate. the umpire stinks. I was so mad. I was sta- I was standing up and I went. I, I hit the deck. I hit the deck. <laughs> I went down, and I was on my stomach, and I was lying there as if you told me that there was some terrible event that just occurred, that a natural disaster just happened. You would have thought that I a got the worst in my life. Every single time there's the a hurricane, Mark hits the deck. You can't believe yeah, it. Yeah. No, <laughs> hit the deck. no. I can't believe it. You would have thought an earthquake happened. Like, I was just, I was so upset because that was the pitch familiar I thought he needed. But luckily, he came back and uh, fuck you, Bryce Harper. Although it looks like Harper's like wrist is bothering him, which probably played yeah, a little bit into it literally, too. Fuck him. I hate that guy. Yes, I re- also I, fuck him. I can't stand him. I don't care about his but, wrist. Hey, 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 hey! My boy, Familia, though. Your boy, Familia came, came through when we needed Your boy him. Boy, Familia picked up my guys, Diaz and Castro. The bullpen. He did. I, Go, go figure, Jerry's Familia, going back to his old closer role here, getting the save in a huge game for the New York Mets you, in Philadelphia. If, if you would have told me in the year 2015 that Jerry's Familia would strike out Bryce Harper to beat the Phillies in the ninth inning, I'd be like, what, what are you talking about? Familia would be long gone by then. Harper would, the Phillies? Bryce Harper? Six years later, oh he's still God, on the he Mets. He won't and... die. He's like, he's like a cat. But he's playing well, so he's I'm happy he that good. he got the out there. I think that's huge for his confidence. Too, he was ja- he was there. jacked up. He seems like very keyed in. That stinks coming into a game like that, completely cold. Inside of the chaos, that was the second time. It might be the third time we've used chaos in the first 10 minutes of the show. But inside of all that nut stuff that was happening in ninth inning, it was nice to see him actually hold his emotions, be calm, and execute, which you, you worry about that from Familia sometimes, especially with the heart of the Phillies or the two up. 
he really attacked the zone. I know I think he had like one pitch that really wasn't close, but I think it was like a pitch where it was like, I'm trying to bury that slider back foot. It seemed like there was a plan there. It seems like the idea was there. He just missed. That's mm-hmm. what happened. But he came in and he attacked the zone. It made Harper look like he had nothing. I mean, he, he owns Harper. I think Harper was like two for 13, I think they said going into that at bat. Because yeah. I was saying, Matt Vaskersian, shut the fuck up. Stop saying it. You're giving <laughs> us the jinx. That's all we've been doing this series is jinx, jinx, jinx. <laughs> But luckily, Matt Faskersian and A-Rod, they couldn't ruin this one tonight. Wait, trivia question. Who got the win for the Mets tonight? Who got the win? Yeah. Trevor May? Nope. Your boy. Miguel Castro? Nope. (laughs) Someone in between. (laughs) Jacob Barnes. Jacob Barnes. (laughs) Yeah, Jacob Barnes. There he is. Welcome to the Mets. How funny is that? (laughs) Which, Uh, by the way, good little inning. He did another good inning. A couple good innings in a row for Jacob Barnes. Sneaky. Sneaky good innings for Jacob Barnes. Is he moving to the top of the C team? Maybe? He could be top of the C team. He might be a, he might be a bench B teamer now. He's, he's getting there. He's getting there. I like it. Good good for Jacob Barnes. We didn't want this guy to stink, so no. I'm glad that he's playing no, well. I, I, I hope he's good. I hope he continues to improve. But I buried your lead there for half a second. I killed a nice transition into talking about how dog shit A-Rod and Matt Vaskirchen are in the broadcast. It was so bad. painful. They, during the ninth inning tonight, when when everything was reaching its boiling point, it was like literally when Familia was coming into the game, or possibly during the Hoskins at bat, they were bringing up highlights from last Sunday's Dodgers-Padres game. And it's like, well, yeah, cause you guys have we, to shut the fuck up. <laughs> this is not what's going well, on. And it felt like A-Rod every time, too, was like, you know, the match uh, when they got a win, because he has this weird lisp now all of a sudden where he can't say S's. It becomes like S-H. He's like, ah, oh, the match, you know, late in this game, uh, they, they, they usually win them. I'm like, shut up. Stop talking. Stop saying things. Just tell me what's going on in the game. I don't want to hear anything else. Stop opening your mouth. Dude, the list of stupid things those two guys said today goes on and on and on and on. They said it was a bad thing that Francisco Lindor has more walks and strikeouts. A-Rod said, A-Rod said Francisco Lindor should be fined if he hits more than 25 home runs. Like, fined with money. He said he has to act like Johnny Damon at the plate. It was like, who the fuck? Like, these are, these like are, these are words that were coming out of his mouth. It was crazy. Then A-Rod said that maybe it was Vaskirchen. They were showing the Bin Laden highlights because we're a couple of days away from the 10-year anniversary. And that was also a Mets-Philly Sunday night baseball game. And yeah. A-Rod and Vaskirchen, I don't even remember which idiot said it, but they were like, you know, you don't see patriotism like that anywhere else in the country besides the East Coast. Like, <laughs> what? what are you talking about, man? It was Vaskirchen. It was Vaskirchen. was like, no shots to Chicago, L.A. Yeah. And then he named like a really weird St. Louis. Like, it was St. Tam- Louis. Yeah. I was going to say like Tampa or something. Like <laughs> St. Louis, great baseball town. But like, what do you mention? Major cities. That doesn't even come close. Right, we got to come out with the bad Vaskirchen definitive list on patriotism. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is. I feel like this is a little bit of a mess, but like this is just this is what the Mets series was. Yeah, I, I, this it was just was supposed to be a mess. Nothing happened the last two, three days. Even made sense. The Mets lost a game on Friday. If we wanted to like dump back and get back to chronological order, where they didn't give up an earned run. <laughs> yeah, how the fuck James does McCann, that happen? James McCann, like I don't know how he missed that ball. I don't, got crossed I don't even up. understand. He got crossed up. Not used to the bunt. And then and then two runs scored on it. Yes, literally two runs scored. It's a bad bounce. How does that happen over the Mets? What a ridiculous game! I don't even, I don't even, want, I don't even want to talk about Game One because I don't even want to talk about Chase fucking Anderson, that rat fuck asshole. How, like losing. we literally talked about, like if we can't hit Chase Anderson, we're in trouble. We didn't hit him, and I go, no. oh no, we're in trouble. I, yeah, but, I was, I was in a low place Friday night, and it was also crazy because Mets, the Mets were lacing the ball all game against Chase Anderson. They put multiple balls to the warning track. Seven of, of the batted balls they put in play were over ninety five miles an hour. It was just torture to watch balls find gloves against Chase Anderson. It was awful. I mean, watching that guy pitch is, unless you're, you know, usually hitting him, which is what every other team in baseball seems to do. Yeah, in baseball history. Yeah, in baseball history. I mean, 
we know how much we love Chase Anderson on this podcast. He's a guy that we would love to take an at bat against, but the Masters couldn't do it. Yeah, couldn't get a hit. Thank God that they had the de facto fight, the no, the no punch fight after the game to just take all the shine away from Ari Diasi. Yes, because, <laughs> oh, man, game one was stressful, but again, luckily, Jose Alvarado and his dumb fucking idiot brain woke up the New York Mets who were ready to just lay down and roll over and say, hey, you know, maybe this isn't our year. It fired them up. Dom had some great words at the end of the game, even though Dom hasn't been playing that great, but Dom had some stuff to say and basically said, a lot like, of stuff to say. Get, he said, come get me. And what did he call him a coward? Or what, what exactly did he, he say? said? Like, meet me. He said, like, meet me in the tunnel or something like that. Like, I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> yes. And I love that. Meet me in the tunnel. I'd love to see. I, w- I wouldn't want to meet Dom in a tunnel if he said to. I'd be a little. I think he would be, if he's if he's threatening you, Dom's a happy guy. If Dom yeah, is threatening yeah, you, turning I'm Dom scared. Over. But Dom, yeah. Dom seems like a happy guy with the media and with his teammates. But it seems like Dom is not a very fun guy to play against. He's like he's very lively. He's a guy that we've talked about for a couple weeks. The Mets need just some juice. They got some juice. Yeah. Jose Alvarado delivered them some juice. Jose Alvarado is low key the best team MVP right now. Yeah, he might like we might be able to look back on this at the end of the month of May and say Jose Alvarado is what turned the Mets around. Him being just a complete ass clown is what turned this entire season around. <laughs> Ask Cloud. <laughs> Ask Cloud. I'm. Cu- I will throw every single possible insult in the book here at Jose Alvarado. Rat fuck. Ask Cloud. Rat whatever f- it is. <laughs> oh man. I'm gonna focus up for a second. Get into Strowman's game because Strowman had one of his best starts of the season on Friday night in a freezing cold evening in Philly that was cut short because he had a stiff hamstring. The guy was just in control. In, in control. My God, I can't even talk right now. <laughs> he finally got the whiffs and strikeouts we've been waiting for. 39% whiff rate, 8Ks, that was huge. Phillies had three measly singles the entire time. Only got to one three-ball count against Stroman the entire evening. That's just that's just dominance. That's just doing what you, do you got to do. That feels, like, that feels like Marcus Stroman baseball. I mean, we saw it in Colorado, too. Like He's just been attacking hitters, and mm-hmm. it seemed like on Friday night he got the whiffs, which is huge. Yeah, definitely. He was just he was just pounding the zone all day, zone, zone, zone. Like He was still throwing lots of sinkers like he's been doing the last couple games, but he wasn't even wasn't even like dotting them they were like kind of middle high middle in like just high and outside like he was just putting them where they had to be and guys were just not making hard contact it was great i'd still love to see him use the off-speed stuff more but if it's working it's working i can't can't say anything about it has he been throwing that like what was it that split change i feel like not much he was tinkering a lot with it and I we know. haven't he, seen it he only threw a few the other night too he's throwing less than 10 for three straight starts per game not total so it was just, I don't know, he, and he still seems like he can control him still, but he just, he's sinker, 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 sinker right now, which when it works, it works. When it doesn't, it might not, but he's doing what he's doing. He was effective. He did his job on Friday night, and it seems like a distant memory now that we've had two consecutive explosions, but the offense still just couldn't do anything. No, they were pretty horrible. I mean, uh, it's just, we can't find a hit when we need it. We can get the guys on base, oh. we just can't bring them in. Now we can. But now we can. Yeah. Yes, now we can. Thank God for Donnie. Donnie Stevenson, game two. Let's move on to game yeah, two now because game one, we talked about game one enough. It was the Jose Alvarado show. Yeah, Thank whatever. you, Jose. Yeah, yeah, Appreciate yeah. you. Love you. Going to get a jersey for you. Game two, Donnie Stevenson, new hire by the New York Mets apparently, talked to the team before the game. I heard there was a players-only meeting at mm-hmm. first where Pete was very vocal about what they should be doing at the plate and what their plan of attack should be. Mm-hmm. And then apparently Rojas as well came in at one point and went through with every single player what the plan of attack is going to be at the plate, which makes me go, why haven't we been going over the plan of attack with every single player at the plate before every single game? <laughs> I mean, like, why is this? Why did it take the team not scoring runs against Chase Anderson for that to happen? Like, well, this should have been done from the start, but hey, it worked. It worked. You posed very good questions. But the big thing, 
Saturday night was the Mets were four for six in runs in scoring position. Of course, a lot of that damage came in the first inning, and then the Mets went silent for about two whole hours. Got it, got it. Yeah, that's, they don't want to give, make it too easy for us. Be, Complete baseball game? Not yet. We're not there yet. That, would, that wouldn't be any fun. I can't, stand, I can't stand for that for a moment, but just Donnie no. Diesel. Donnie Diesel's ripping. So it was after the game, Pete brought up Pete, Pete's a clown, man. I love Pete because Pete, Pete, Pete is just like one of those guys you need on your team that keeps everybody loose at all times. But he yeah. wants to win. He's not, he's not like screwing around. He's not messing around, kind of thing. Which he's an adult. I wouldn't expect him to. But he keeps everybody loose, but also like has his eye on the prize of like we got to win this ball game. That's what that's what we're here to do. But I'm gonna keep you loose. And after the game, he talked about he just casually dropped it in there. He's like, yeah, you know, uh, we got this new hire in there, uh, Donnie, the, the approach really- coach. Yeah, the approach coach. He's really he really helped us out today. And then I think they asked Conforto afterwards. They're like, "What about Donnie?" And Conforto just started dying laughing. He's like, "I yeah, sure. <laughs> like, I guess. Like, basically, it's pretty obvious that Donnie doesn't exist, especially after." Oh whoa they, whoa whoa! Come on. Well, I think Donnie does exist. There you go. But I think it just might be a uh, alternate or alternate ego for someone else on this team. And I think that person might be Pete Alonzo. It could be I think Pete. Pete Alonzo might be Donnie Stevenson, especially because after they asked, I think Gelbs asked him or Dacoma, one of those two asked him, what's Donnie's last name? And he goes, uh, I, I can't remember. And then like five minutes later, he's like, oh, it's Stevenson. Like just pulls <laughs> it up out of nowhere, which like whatever Donnie Stevenson's doing, Pay him more money, whatever it takes. Yeah, Keep anything. him around. Give him a raise. Because Donnie, Donnie Stevenson clearly fixed this team, and they even talked about it a little bit before the game today. Apparently, the Donnie Stevenson approach is elevate and celebrate, which I love to hear. <laughs> that's that's, gonna, what, JD, that's oh, what J.D. Davis that's said. That's got to be a shirt. It's got to say Diesel Donnie, elevate, comma, celebrate. That, that's the shirt. Celebrate. That's the shirt. But that might that might actually be the first Mets stuff uh, <laughs> merchandise right there. Keep that in Elevate mind. Elevate and celebrate. Yeah. But since since the introduction of Donnie Diesel, the Mets are nine for. I'm trying to count this out. Nine for twenty-one with runners in scoring position. That's a hell of a lot better. So we did it. The, our long national nightmare is over. The Mets can hit again, but with runners in scoring position. Besides for Francisco Lindor, which whatever, don't even care. Don't even care. Yeah, I like. Don't even care. Yeah, don't. Yeah, you're right. Don't even care. I mean, I do. I do. But like, I care, but also, not right now. Too many. Too many good things. Too many good things to harp on the negative. And I mean, let's be honest. Lindor is still so good in the field at shortstop. Yeah, he really is silky, fantastic silky to smooth. watch. There, it's great. It's amazing. And even he's at least been putting more of the bat on the ball. Like he put three balls in play on Friday night over 100 miles an hour, all off Chase Anderson, which is something. <laughs> That's something. Something happened there tonight. He was he was the, the dreaded. I think he was over six or over five. Now he's over. Oh, for five. Thank God, over five. He drew the walk. He drew the walk yes. in, in, the ninth, in the eighth inning. Oh, man. But we got Donnie. Once, just Donnie's got to get in his ear this week. Once Donnie gets with Lindor, maybe has a couple reps in the cage with him, like, he'll be okay. It's coming around. Yeah. It seems like Donnie Stevenson's able to do what, you know, these, this Mets coaching staff hasn't been able to do all year. Just get these guys thinking right, thinking aggressive at the plate, still being patient because we still are wa- working walks, which you love to see. The Mets are really good at working a nice walk here. But now when they're working these walks, they're driving these guys in, and that's been the missing key. That's the missing ingredient all year. It's fun. Donnie, Donnie definitely got in Conforto's year this weekend. Conforto finally heated up. He had a great couple games. Great couple games. Loves hitting in, in uh, Philly, as you like to point out before we got on air. He went 5 for 10 in the series, two walks, two runs, three ribeyes, the big home run on Saturday to give the Mets the win, which was just an absolute godsend. Needed it. Oh, needed it badly. God. This team needed it so badly because – We've been down on Conforto, but we knew he was going to turn around. We never thought that he was going to stink. We were just like, hey, when's it going to happen? 
it seems like we might be getting closer to the regular Michael Conforto again, which you love to see, and the Mets team needed it, and he stepped up. Needed so bad. Yeah, he really did step up. That was such a clutch hit. That was so clutch. So big, because like that was the Mets really did play a good baseball game, and to lose a game like that I think would have been pretty demoralizing, especially after being so fired up to win this one after the night before. To come out and just not get that win would have been tough, but they did, and mm-hmm. that's that's the scrappy Mets team. They look like they're having fun again, and mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, it's all thanks to Donnie. <laughs> Donnie Stevenson, man. That was fun. Even Donnie eat- Stevenson, if you're if you're ever in uh, Queens, beer on me. I got you, Donnie. <laughs> the beer, beer in the sub right here. Yes. Yeah. Taiwan looked pretty good on Saturday, too. He didn't have his best stuff. He battled. Again, he stuck with the sinkers a lot. A couple Ks. Phillies He's were, a bulldog, man. He is a bulldog. Phillies were putting the bat on the ball. He gave up that ribby single to Wheeler, which was a backbreaker. That really stunk at the time. But, guys, the guy works. He's just a worker. Love to see that shit. Yeah, Taiwan goes out there, and like you said, he might not have his best stuff, but he will oh. grind through appearances, and that's what you need out of one of these back-end guys is someone who's going to go out there and battle and keep you in the game, and that's exactly what he did. He didn't win us it, but he kept no. us close enough. Definitely. And he, the, the one thing that scared me a little bit about him is that velocity's t- kind of starting to taper down a little bit. He didn't touch 96 first time all year, which is a little scary. By the end of the game, he was running out of gas, even though he didn't even touch 100 pitches, which I don't love that. But again, he battled. He got outs when he had to get outs. He kept the damage off when the Phillies actually had a couple guys on base, a few innings, like fourth, fifth, sixth. Did what he had to do. Did what he had to do. Kept us in position to win the game, and the Mets capitalized on that. That's all you can ask. And and luckily for us, you didn't have to eat your words this series. No, Jesus Brad Christ. Miller, no big hits for I Brad was Miller. I terrified he came, when he came up against Diaz on Saturday. Oh, my God. I, I was I was just literally thinking. My take was just like go, go spinning revolutions around my head like, I'm going to eat shit. If I back-to-back nights had to eat a Chase Anderson take and a Brad Miller take, I probably wouldn't even be on the pod right now. <laughs> Welcome to the world of making content for the internet where your words haunt you. You can, you can now see how I feel and why I hate the Phillies so much because when I say they're the fourth-place Phillies team, all I can think about is when they beat the Mets is, oh, my God, what if they don't finish in fourth place? Like, what am I going to do? <laughs> but Hey, two and three. We got them again. One another series from the Phillies. All you could do is keep winning these series. The Mets continue to beat the Phillies. And that's how you win divisions. You beat the teams in it. And right now, don't look. Mets are in first again. Mets are in first again. How are we in first again? How is that even possible? This division stinks. We're tied with the Nationals, who we objectively think is a bad team. Yeah. Which, like, they played the Marlins, who the Marlins are starting to look like the Marlins, finally. Yeah. They just... uh, Their offense has been terrible all year, but I think Jazz hit the I.L., I think Brian Anderson's on the IL. Starling. They are Starling. Yeah. They're the three, they're three best the hitters in the IL. I can't even blame them. It's also how stupid is this Major League Baseball schedule that we have three separate series against the Phillies before we play the Braves once. The that Braves, the Braves sense. can't hit all season. We don't get one shot against them. There are people inside of Major League Baseball who are literally revolutionizing the world of statistics and data analytics. Yet there's not one simpleton who can actually make a coherent schedule. It's insane. No. Yeah, the Braves have been looking horrendous again. They are in. They're they're pitching. I mean, this isn't a Braves podcast, but it's a Mets podcast. That has to do with it. Their pitching is bad, so bad, 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 bad. So bad. But I guess oh. I don't even know. We we've got we we're running around this podcast like chickens without heads. Which is fair. I think if there was ever one for this to happen, it would be this one because Game Three was so crazy, being down early or or getting the getting down to start. Then we tied it right back up. Then we went down. Then we brought it back. And then Jose Alvarado and the Phillies bullpen comes in and does what we've been waiting for the Phillies bullpen to do all year, which is just implode. And they finally imploded against us, which was fantastic to see. And then 
we had Edwin Diaz come in and do Edwin Diaz things in non-safe situations, blow the game. I mean, against Reese Hoskins, who I think if you guys have been listening to my this podcast or anything that I've ever done where I mentioned Reese Hoskins, I hate his fucking guts. I hate Reese Hoskins. He's up there as one of my least favorite players of all time, and it was such a lock. He was going to hit the home run, but then it wasn't a home run. It was a double. I mean, like, this game was insane. I Ball don't lie. That's all I'm going to say. Ball, ball don't, don't lie. lie. Ball don't lie is true. That... Wow, I didn't even think to put those two together. But the ball certainly has never lied. The ball's never lied once. Not once. And uh, tonight, it definitely didn't because the Mets ended up getting the win. Also, they should have tossed Reese Hoskins at the uh, when he was in the dugout screaming, fuck you at the umpire. Yeah. Get him out of here. Get this get this clown off the field. <laughs> the Phillies were being a little bit passive-aggressive this whole series about the bad umpiring. That uh, I don't remember what the call was Friday night. It was like, I had the base obstruction. It was an obstruction call. That was brutal. Oh, horrendous. Awful. Horrendous Those call. Those guys should be... The guy should be fired. Also, there was a couple questionable calls today in McCutcheon, who was a big-time dissenter the other night during that call. He's, he, after striking out on a questionable pitch, he walked the entire way to first base. Just <laughs> passive-aggressive as fuck. <laughs> there is nothing that the umpires love to do more than just punish a guy for speaking out on them. And Andrew McCutcheon got to see that. He <laughs> did get to see that, but damn. Oh my god! I don't even. I like. I forgot the things that happened early in this game. Like, I hadn't, oh, at the the beginning of the game's irrelevant. I remember the rally. I remember from the rally on. I even just like even just from Castro's inning on. Like that was the whole thing. Like God, that error by Castro that stunk. That's that really stung. That did stink, but you know what? It don't matter. It don't matter because the Mets came out with that fat W. Wins a win. And we win the series. Wins a win a is a win. win. Oh my! God. And that's that's. That was such a Mets lose game, and the Mets won it. If that doesn't make you feel good about the Steve Cohen era, with the Wilpons there, we lose that game. There is no doubt in my mind, if the Wilpons are owning this team, we lose that game. But Steve Cohen and his $20 billion fucking dollars, we get the W, and I love it. You know what made me really happy? I was getting LOL Mets on Twitter and like just text messages from friends for that entire 45 seconds that we thought that Reese Hoskins ball was out. Everyone in the world was like, they're the Mets, they're the Mets again, here the Mets again. Well, wrong, motherfuckers. We got wrong. you this time. The Mets, the Mets win that game. The call goes our way. How many times has there been a close call where it doesn't go our oh, way? It seems like every time, every single time. Every time, and we caught a fucking break because I honestly don't know if that ball hit the railing or if it hit a seat. I could not tell. 100% hit the railing, 100% hit the railing. I, why is it not the yellow line? Every single stadium in baseball is yellow line. These, idi- these idiots in Philadelphia, there's no yellow line. How cool? Dude, we were talking, was, well, it's like the Cubs series too where the Mets hit one off the top of the basket, mm-hmm. where Conforto hit one off the basket and it bounced back into the field. It's like, what are, what's going on with baseball stadiums now where over the fence, like you can have things hanging out over the fence or the fence is no longer actually the fence. It's the little thing behind it. I mean, what? basically it hit the thing, like in left field for at City Field, where the M&M party zone or whatever it is, it basically hit that railing. And at City Field, that'd be a home run. But in Citizens yeah. Bank, it's in play for some reason, which will take it. Uh, it was also funny that everyone was talking shit like, oh, I can't believe that wasn't a home run. Yada, yada. And then Vasquez popped up the StatCast stat that that's a only home run. Five out of 30 bars. Five. And I was like, this cheap little league-ass stadium. You want to know what the other five, four are probably? Uh, Yankee Stadium and yeah. whatever their little league stadiums exist. Yeah. Oh, what a what a series! Let's talk about the next one. Yeah, let's talk about the next series. Mets have who do we even play? I don't even know the My Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals. Four games set. The Mets basically have have punted tomorrow's game because Degrom seemed like he wanted to get the extra day rest. And statistically, in his career, he's much better with the extra day's rest. So I'm fine with that. But we're gonna have a little Lucchese tomorrow. We might see Sean Reed Foley once again. Um, there's gonna be no Diaz. There's gonna be no Castro. There's gonna be no May. It's gonna tomorrow's gonna be a whirlwind. 
Tomorrow is going to be a game where the Mets need to score about 15 to probably keep it close. And who do we go up against? We are going up against... Oh, fuck. <sighs> Adam Wainwright. Oh, that's just... That's, okay, we lost. That's, chalk, chalk, that sucks. Chalk it up for an L. Adam Wainwright could be throwing 65 miles an hour, which he's pretty close to doing right about Adam now. Adam Wainwright but... is actually having a fantastic season. He's been so good this year. He's complete... But, like... But is he actually is he just performing well or is his stuff like better? Again? No, this isn't like John Lester good. This is like he's actually like he actually looks like pretty good. Like he's striking oh, okay. he's striking guys out, he's mixing up his pitches decently. This of course no velocity, but Wainwright is striking out <laughs> This is that his highest strikeout rate for his career this year. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy to hear because what is he, 38, 39? Yeah. Oh, actually, I don't I, I, I have not, I'm not up to date very well on the Cardinals news. So this could all be irrelevant by the time this comes out. But he was placed on the COVID list after a family member tested positive on April 29th. Okay. Then I guess Adam Wainwright is not pitching tomorrow. I mean, maybe he is. ESPN still has him there, but I don't want to see Adam Wainwright. I don't need to hear. I don't need to see that Beltron highlight. I just, that's the that's last That's all we're going to see. That's the last thing I need. So we get Wainwright game one uh, going up against Lucchese oh. and. Also. A quick, a quick aside. There was another awful, stupid thing that Vasgersian said today that I, told, <laughs> We're back that to I totally forgot about. First of all, you know a broadcast is dog shit when there are multiple times they backtrack comments because of, they said a, overtly wrong things. <laughs> in like the second inning, they talked about how the Mets missed out on Real Muto in the offseason, pivoted to McCann, and then hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people were like, you guys know he signed like two months before. The Phillies signed Real Muto, right? Yeah. Vasgersian apologized two innings later. They had the timing wrong. Even though he easily could have said that it was just like a misunderstanding because the Mets knew they were priced out of Real Muto, so they pivoted quickly. But he's just so much an idiot, he couldn't even fix that. And then the Mets, they, they put up a big, fat graphic of notable Mets free agent acquisitions first year with the team. And here were the four Mets free agent acquisitions. Bob, I Bobby, can't wait to hear this. Bobby Bonilla, Mike, okay. Mike Piazza, what? <laughs> Carlos Beltran, Francisco Lindor. Two, wait, wait, wait. Two hold on, hold on. <laughs> Mike Piazza was not a free agent acquisition. Neither was Francisco Lindor. <laughs> oh, my God. ESPN, and, what and is this? It was about how good all of these players were immediately after joining the Mets. Every Mets fan knows that Carlos Beltran was awful that first year with the Mets. Wasn't Piazza also struggling at the start, too, I thought? And then, like, he, I know he got hot and was fine, of yeah. course. But I'm pretty sure at the beginning, Piazza was pressing a lot as well because he came to New York and wanted to perform. They also put Bobby Bonilla on that graphic with one, with two guys who are on the precipice of the Hall of Fame and one guy who's in the middle of his prime of, of an incredible career. I get, I get Bobby Bonilla was better than most of us remember, but what the, who the fuck is doing this shit for ESPN? Why would you not put Jason Bay on there if you wanted to show like about guys notable free agent acquisitions? You you bring a great point to the table. <laughs> Jason Bay exists. Oh I mean, we really we went all the way back to Bobby Bonilla for no reason just to rub salt in the wound. How about John Olerud? John Olerud's a better player than Bobby Bonilla. It's freaking terrible. I'm sure there's millions of better free agent acquisitions. Bad free agent acquisition the Mets have made since then. Cliff Floyd. Let's bring yeah. up Cliff Floyd too. Mo, Why not? Mo Vaughn. Yeah, move on. I mean, there's just what a weird group of what a weirdly handpicked group. But anyway, back to the Cardinals now. Fuck ESPN broadcast. They stink. They stink on ice. Uh, <laughs> Cardinals are just an okay team. Yeah, I don't know are. what to think about this team. Like I'm, I've gone. They were the best team in the division. To maybe they're really not that because their pitching is not particularly great, but their bullpen gets it done. Yeah, their bullpen does get it done. I mean, Alex Reyes had a good year as a closer. He's near the top of the league in saves, but a look under the hood, his peripherals are not good at all. He's walked almost as many guys as he struck out. Like that's not that's gonna that's gonna catch up to him sooner or later. Giovanni Gallegos is still very good. John Gant used to be a great reliever, but now he's just a, simply a bad starter. 
And that, <laughs> yeah, which is such a weird move yeah. that they made. And like the Cardinals have a good record and they're way above 500, but they've already played the Marlins. They've played the Pirates. Like this, this roster is not very good. Like there's no reason the Mets shouldn't beat this team. The only thing that scares me right now about the Cardinals, I mean, they have Goldschmidt and Arenado, which are just two studs. I love both of those guys. Yeah. But then you have the Met killers, which are Paul DeYoung, who's yeah. going to hit three or four home runs this series. I'm just ready for it. And Yadier Molina, who's probably also going to do no, the same thing. IL. This... He's on the IL. Oh, he's on the IL? He might be back for the series, unknown. But Andrew Knizer, Knizer, Nizer, Nizer, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce I don't his know name. That. He's actually been decent in his stead. But Yadier was also, just like Wainwright, for some reason, having the best season of his career. Yeah, as a as a as a fossil, but the this Cardinals team always plays the Mets well. I will say that it's always a tough series with the Cardinals. This isn't a team that you're just going to run through. They just play good baseball. Going to be a grind. I think we should win this series, though. I think we're a better team than the Cardinals. We got and we got four games against them. Let's just try. Let's get two. The way the way this team's hitting is a positive sign. To say the least, very positive sign, incredibly positive sign. I, I know we're facing Wainwright, who's been very good this season, but you should find a way to hit Adam Wainwright. Then we get Huang Young Kim, who he it's going to be so annoying to face Huang Young Kim because he yes. throws like a soft estimate, like eight different pitches, <laughs> and, they, n- <laughs> and none of them exceed ninety miles an hour. None of them were particularly like anything insane either. He just he's no. the classic like. I have a lot of pitches, so that's my thing. Is yeah. that I throw a lot of different pitches. Definitely, and I'm sure we'll score. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll go toe to toe with the Gram on Tuesday. It'll be a one. Well, of course, it'll be a one-one game in the eighth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to keep the Mets fans on the edge of their seats. We can't eight runs, five runs. It's, it's oh, a little too much. We that was another down. ridiculous question. Going all the way back, call back to the beginning. The Steve Levy asked Alonzo right after the game, where he was like, "Ah." Oh, you guys got a lot of runs these last two games. How about you get some for Jacob DeGrom this week? And he just looked at him like... That's not a question. That's why, a statement. Why would you ask me that? He's <laughs> like, I'm, yeah. I'm doing you a favor. I'm coming on your show. Why are you yes. treating me like an ass? Yeah, I would love to see some run support for Jacob DeGrom. After Kwong Young Kim, though, who do we get? It's Wainwright, Young Kim, John Gant, who I just said is bad. Very bad. Yes. He walks him in, guys. He strikes out. There's no reason the Mets shouldn't just dust John Gant. And then Jack Flaherty in Taiwan in a Thursday matinee. Which, Jack Flaherty's been struggling a little bit recently, hasn't he? He has. He had a good start last time out. He's still just a good... I think that little people overestimated him after his breakout two years ago. Thought he was a great pitcher. Really think he's just a good pitcher. Like, he's yeah. very above average, but he's never... He's not a top 15 guy. He doesn't strike fear into you. Also, but, like, I, I even feel like Flaherty throws, like, what, like, 94, 95? Yeah. It's also funny that Ty, Taiwan is pitching Thursday. Another day game for Taiwan Walker. The guy is just... He's all over the day games for us. It's very funny. No, Mets, Mets just keep coming out aggressive. Keep listening to Donnie Stevenson. Donnie Diesel. And let's keep hitting the baseball because let me tell you, it has been a breath of fresh air to watch this team play the last couple nights, and we got to see that. And I hope we continue the to Mets, see that. The Mets played two games that were like kind of chaotic. Yesterday wasn't chaos, sure, but the Mets went seven innings without scoring a run. Got a miracle home run. Basically exactly where Reese Hoskins did his working for to put his yes. out. And then today was like pal- palpitation city, and we're like, what a breath of fresh air. I love watching this team play. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Psychopath behavior. Uh, blowing a four-run lead, because they did. I don't care. We blew it, but we still won somehow. Oh, man, this is this this season is going to be a lot of ups and downs here. Tons. But luckily for you guys, you get to go through it with us. You get to listen <laughs> to our reactions basically after every single series here on the Mets Up podcast. I think that's probably right around where we're going to wrap it up. I don't think we have too much else more here to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty okay. I, this, was, yeah. this was a lot. This was a lot, and it might be a lot for you guys to listen to, so thank you to all of you who have made it this far because we have had zero structure to today's episode, no. but that's fine. No. We're giving you we're giving you a lot of different kind of episodes. We've been sad. We've been happy. We've, we've, been, been, o- we've, little... we've been organized. We've been unorganized. That's just how it yeah. works here. 
that's the messed up podcast for you so thank you guys so much to listen to episode number 11 of the messed up podcast i'm giraffe neck mark james shiano jeter had no range you know to follow us all on social media at messed up listen to us on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, anywhere you can find it that's where you can listen to us thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you at the end of the cardinal series next week hopefully with another positive episode thanks for watching guys peace peace out